0: Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. The things that you mentioned in the bio are my life, but fundamentally, they came because I figured out that there is a formula. There is a formula that is controlling our money, our time, and our magic, whether we like it or not. And I like to live in the world that is, not the world I wish that it was, while we work on creating the world that we would love it to be.
1: Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and I'm super, super honored and grateful to have Sean Callagy with me today. Sean is the founder and president of Callagy Law, a 125-person law firm. He's the creator of Unblinded, the results formula, on The Real Raw. He's one of only two attorneys out of 1.2 million to have two top 100 national jury verdicts between 2014 and 2016. He's an international speaker. He's the proud father of two sons, or sorry, one son and two daughters. Uh, He loves uh, ocean skiing, his favorite fictional characters. I have to make sure I mention this in the bio because it's super cool. Willy Wonka, James Bond, Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Captain Kirk, and Mr. Miyagi. I've never had that in a bio before, and I think that's super cool. So, definitely worth mentioning. And so, welcome, welcome, Sean.
0: Well, thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate being here, and I'm super impressed by your work and your opportunity in the world and grateful for this opportunity.
1: Thank you. So, we were introduced by our mutual friend. I'm going to give a shout out to David Gonzalez, and he'll be so thrilled that we mentioned him. and uh, I am so, I was, the first time we met, we had like a two hour phone conversation with you, me and David, and we got to hear each other's stories and backgrounds. And it was like so riveting. It might've even been longer than two hours. I don't know. It was like basically a whole Saturday morning. It was really cool. So I want you to share the world, uh, share with the world your backstory and how you became who you are.
0: Yeah, well, well, thank you, Rebecca. So I grew up, my mom pushed a hot dog cart in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey, when I was one and my parents got divorced. My grandfather was blind, her father, and we lived with him and my grandmother. When I was five years old, my mom, unbeknownst to to me, learned that I was going to go blind from the same eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Footnote, Steve Wynn of the Wynn Hotels actually has the same eye condition and is blind. I found that when I was 17, my growing up years, I was a three-sport athlete, baseball, football, wrestled, was privileged to have the most amazing mentors imaginable. Uh, Often athletics could be a very self-focused, divisive, negative vibrational um, situation in and amongst team. Uh, This was the opposite and was an incredible blessing and privilege. And some of the great lessons I learned in life were from these leaders. And I was also raised in a very matriarchal dynamic because my mom was one of uh, four sisters, her mother, my grandmother, the wife of my blind grandfather, was also one of four sisters. So there was this really interesting balance of um, feminine energy and masculine energy. P.S. I am very clear that men and women can have masculine and feminine energy, but there was a wild balance between the two um, growing up. So I think there was a massive empathy that was created from watching the flight of my grandfather. There was deep listening created from being uh, only child, great-grandchild, great-grandchild until I was nine. And immense learning took place. Um, I eventually became a Division One college baseball player at Columbia University. My dream, my hope, my focus was to become a professional athlete. Um, I was with humility, I was captain of uh, you know the teams that I was on, frequently. I was unanimous captain, my senior at Columbia, but much more through deeds um, than through words and so um, I was fairly introverted, fairly shy. Um, I gained energy by thinking. Walking on the beach, I love the ocean, I love physical activity. And I eventually didn't get drafted to play professional baseball coming out of Columbia because I just began to have eye problems. I did start all four years there. And, and sometimes people have like a, a, an, an interesting way of like recreating history. Uh, if anybody's ever curious, you can Google Sean Callagy, Columbia baseball. And oddly enough, an article will come up that discusses when I was elected captain in the Columbia newspaper and how we were gonna co-create um, positive leadership shifts. So this isn't something I figured out when I got older. I was raised in positive leadership and wanted to always give it back. I coached seventh and eighth grade junior football while I went to law school. Um, I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. I borrowed money. I had $100,000 of law school loans, but I had the privilege of coaching and training young people with my high school buddies to give back to my town. Um, After graduating from law school, I realized when I got my dream job that I had thought I won the game of law school, but I had not because I realized that in a capitalist structure, the ability to sell and market mattered enormously to create freedom. These are things I thought were disgusting, out of integrity, and horrible. And so I was gonna quit my job at the law firm and go become a teacher and a coach of baseball and football, but I was $100,000 in debt from law school and I knew I was going blind. And so I felt like I had to choose between happiness um, and the life I wanted versus money and pain. So um, I had the privilege of having my chiropractor give me a book called Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. He did give it to me, actually. He told me to go buy it. I was a good boy. I listened to my coaches, trainers, and mentors, and he was a mentor of mine. So I went right to the bookstore. I bought the book um, and I started doing what it said. And I would say, Rebecca, that one of the blessings I feel that I've received from God the most is that I just do what I'm told. Um, and then I question and innovate. So meaning if I see somebody getting a result that I want, I do model. If they say, hey, do A, B, C, D, I don't do A, B, D. And say, I'm going to delete C because it feels better for me. I'll do A, B, C, D. I'll see that it works. And then I'll innovate to see if there's a more efficient or more effective way to get the result. But that became a cornerstone part of my life through athletics, through law school. And then uh, when I got my dream job, I quit my dream job six months out of law school, after realizing that the only people who were really free there developed business and decided to see after reading Awaken the Giant Within and three other books that I want to see if these kooky people like Tony Robbins, J. Abraham, Jerry Spence, Robert Anthony, who wrote the book, How to Make a Fortune from Public Speaking, were telling the truth or just selling books and lying. And they were telling the truth. And that changed my life and built a 40-person law firm two years out of law school with no relationship capital, $100,000 in debt, Sold it uh, after four years and then went into the space of training, developing, rebuilt the second law firm, which I still own now. And yeah, and the things that you mentioned in the bio are my life. But fundamentally, they came because I figured out that there is a formula. There is a formula that is controlling our money, our time, and our magic, whether we like it or not. And I like to live in the world that is, not the world I wish that it was, while we work on creating the world that we would love it to be.
1: Mm, What a great, what a great quote. So how old were you when you went blind then?
0: It's a great question. Um, I've been going blind my entire life. And if you were to think of my vision as a piece of paper, think of it of punching a hole out at a time, my whole life, a hole, a hole, a hole, and eventually it's not paper anymore. So that paper is my vision and eventually becomes not vision anymore. And I'll answer it more specifically, or Picture a end or because it's actually both pieces were beginning punched out completely. And then another perfect analogy or a pretty optimal analogy would be a light dimmer. So picture that there's a hundred thousand gradients on a light dimmer and you're just clicking them down over time. Slowly, eventually there's no more light. It happens every day in the world, right? Like sun goes down and eventually it's dark, Right. So my my vision has been like that. So it's been sort of this massively invisible process that I haven't even perceived because it's been so gradual. Um, I stopped driving, to be more specific, when I was 42. Um, I probably should have stopped driving when I was 38, maybe even 35. I drove too long. Uh, it was hard to let go of. It's not okay. I mean, thank God nobody was killed. Nothing crazy happened. But I drove way longer than I should have. Um, I stopped being able to see people's faces about seven years ago, uh, when I was 44 and I can't see anything in front of me at all at this point. So I can't, I'm looking into the screen. I don't see a single thing. I do have a little peripheral vision on the sides. Um, but there is no central vision whatsoever. And even my peripheral vision is, is massively compromised. So that's where we sit. I stopped being able to read documents, uh, and books probably about 11 years ago. around the age of 40.
1: Hmm. Wow. I mean, is it okay if I ask you like, was that a scary thing? I mean, was that...
0: I'm here to serve and you could ask me anything and it's, again, an honor.
1: It seems um, like I would be so fearful of what that would look like.
0: Yeah. um, I think because I saw my grandfather, a model that went ahead of me and like everyone. My grandfather was perfectly imperfect, but he was really strong. He was full of love and he was full of power and strength and protection. So my model for blindness was a man of great power and strength and love. And I, this is going to sound crazy. You know what? I, well, with one caveat, I have almost never faced a day of fear about my vision. You may go, wow, you're really courageous. I, I have fears, just not that one. And just once in a while, once in a while, I'll think of a picture of my grandma Rose or my grandmother Nani or my grandfather Pop. I'll think of pictures from my kid's childhood that I can't see and see their eyes and their face. I can't see anything other uh, than maybe if I hold it peripherally, I can make out like that there's a figure on the page and I'll know that it's them and I could remember a something, something. I wouldn't be able to do that without somebody helping me. And that will almost create a feeling of like claustrophobia of like, oh my God, like that can't be because I, I can't go the rest of my life never seeing those pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll happen incredibly seldomly. Um, but I, other than that feeling, it is almost invisible to me. And I do believe it's been a blessing from God. And I do believe I'm going to regain my vision. And by the time, before I leave this earth, uh, I do believe I will have my full sight back and that we'll have all kinds of cures for blindness. I do believe that.
1: Mm, I love that. I, I mean, it's so incredible. I mean, you've overcome so many different things and um, created uh, Unblinded and The Real Raw and all these um projects, and and I want you to go into those and why you created them and what your mission is about them. And then I I definitely want to get to how one goes from hello to yes. But I think it's really important that people get inspiration from how you overcame the things that you needed to overcome and learned how to not only take those things, but turn them into service.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, so watching suffering, and my grandfather did suffer. Um, he, he lived in a world where he hid his blindness as much as he could. And for most of my life, I did too. Um, and not maybe more for him. It was out of fear of losing his job. There weren't laws that protected people like there are today. I do have the privilege of being on the American foundation for the blind board of trustees. And, um, so I'm very present to all the dynamics, but my grandfather lived in a very different world. I think for me, I never wanted anybody to think I was using my blindness as a crutch or a lever. And I shifted on that about four years ago, um, which I can mention in a bit, but I want my mission in life is to lessen suffering of all sorts and I think people suffer in a capitalist system because they don't know how to make the money they want. They don't know how to create the time freedom they want. And they don't know how to create the magic that they so desperately crave. And I believe people who are hurting hurts people. And so how do we navigate these dynamics, which is in the history of the world, the things that the greatest philosophers, movie makers, novelists have pondered, the aches of the heart, the cries of the soul, all the things. So, My mission and work in going from hello to yes and all the things that we're doing are about how to lessen that suffering and to answer your question directly, how is it that I have overcome these things? Because I truly believe 99% of the time, because we all have our human animal, as Alison Armstrong would say inside of us, human normal, it's not about me. It's just not about me. And what people are doing and the choices they're making, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about them. You know, when I'm in pain, it's about me, right? When people are in pain, it's about them. It's not about us. And so, and that doesn't mean the absence of empathy, right? Because we have immense empathy for that reality. But the mechanism of overcoming this is, it's not about me. There's a larger mission. Um, I do believe in God, and I believe that I've been given gifts and talents, and you've been given gifts and talents, and everybody's been given gifts and talents. And we have a responsibility to multiply and give those gifts and talents uh, the best we can. So, if I were to focus on my vision, my problems, my pain, you know, my fears, the that claustrophobic feeling of not being able to see a picture or a video, and go down a pathway of exploring myself, my emotions, the stuff, and read 97 books about what it's like to go blind, not minimizing it, not judging anybody, I wouldn't be serving my highest purpose in this world. And so I'm consistently moving towards the outcome of how do I serve my highest and best mission, which of course includes things that matter for us. So I do try to create magic for other people and I feel happy when I create magic for people and co-create. So the overcoming part actually was quite easy because I was focused on something else and not my pain, if that makes sense.
1: Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best
0: Life with Rebecca Zone. I simply think that everything's an act of love or a cry for help, that's it. Everything that you do, I do, everybody does. Act of love, cry for help, I like to simplify things.
1: When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges can rest assured that the child is safe, Attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Negotiate Your Best Life podcast. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free win my negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com.
0: Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. I think it's like Dorothy,
1: Dorothy with the ruby slippers. We we have the power. We just never used it or felt we actually had it. You just have to click your ruby slippers three times and you could be home if you if you want to. And now we return to today's show. Yeah, I love that. I I I remember for myself, uh, I was dealing with a, a couple of narcissists in my life a couple of years ago. And I remember being in the mountains of Haleakala in Maui and looking at the beautiful sunrise. And I'm up there and what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about one of the narcissists and what's going on with that situation. And I thought, oh my God, I had this aha moment like I this cannot be. I cannot be here and then allow this person into this space. Yeah. And it's kind of like what you're describing where I was I had to make a choice at that moment of am I going to live in this space or am I going to use the gifts that I have from God and if I'm, you know, thinking about that situation, I am not in creation mode. I am not serving. I am not, you know, uh Being a conduit for God or the universe or whatever term you want to use for it, and it was really an aha moment at at that at at that precise time where I was like, okay, that's it, no more. I and that's when I wrote "Negotiate Like You Matter," and that's when I started a YouTube channel and started doing all the things that I'm doing now. And so I can so relate to what you're talking about, like. You can't live in both spaces. You can't be over there going, oh, I'm going to read 97 books about going blind. And also be creating Unblinded and the real raw and hello to yes and and doing all the things that you're doing in the world to serve people. Those two places are totally different destinations. Yes, ma'am.
0: And thank you for the inspiration
1: and for your work in the
0: world to um, help people protect themselves from people. Right, and I think I I simply think that everything's an act of love or cry for help. That's it. Everything that you do, I do. Everybody does. Act of love, cry for help. I like to simplify things. Einstein said, "Make everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler." So much of my life has been simplifying concepts to create greater acceleration in love and passion and adventure and fun and money and abundance and contribution. Right, all the things. I think let's simplify it. And what you're doing in your work is you're giving people mechanisms to deal with people who are engaged in very deep cries for help and that are quite dangerous for them. And to just connect on it for a moment, when you said the Haleakala moment for you, my heart was there. It was present for feeling you in this unbelievable moment of nature and magic and beauty and wonder and inspiration and love and to not be there because you're connected to something that's hurting or harmful or might be out there lurking to hurt you. And it resonated for me because I have had um, a past relationship, at least with somebody who really was deep into um, narcissistic dynamics. And I remember how many times I'd be at events with my kids, you know, I was divorced and with my children and I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid of what this person was going to try to do to me in that moment to create disruption because they were hurting to gain my attention, to distract my energy, to, and literally they would do some unbelievably crazy and intense things. Um, So my heart is there and I congratulate you on your life's work and its continued expansion Because so many well-intentioned, non-hurting people um, that are giving and and contribution-oriented heart-centered end up in incredibly painful dynamics with other human beings and don't have the tools and understanding of what to do about it. So thank you for your work.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Uh, And so it, it actually brings me, it's a great segue into talking about negotiation because I then learned how to, I I, I kind of, I did read probably 97 books on narcissism to just uh, teach myself everything about it and realized that I could apply what I already had mastery level skills at, which was negotiating from practicing law and litigating for so many years, um, that I was able to then apply my knowledge of narcissism to... um, to what I had learned about negotiation. And so I love it, the concept of how to go from hello to yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I went, I, I was on your show, The Real Raw, and uh, I'm proud to say I, I I scored like tens. I was like the Nadia Kamanich <laughs> of... <laughs> yes, you
0: are. You're absolutely amazing. <laughs>
1: I was like, it was so much pressure though, because I thought, oh my god, I'm supposed to be this negotiating expert, and what if I like totally tank on this thing? But it was really fun. It was good. It was like it honed my skills, you know. Um, but. I- at the end, you and I kind of did this little thing and you were trying to get me to say yes of some sort. And I was not really wanting to based on the fact pattern, but you did get me to say yes. So um, let's talk about the dynamic of what it takes to get someone to say yes.
0: So first, let's recapture this for a moment if it's okay. Nobody has ever been on the railroad and done better than Rebecca. Um, I would say that there was a gentleman named Dolph Duris, who was a seven months New York Times bestseller, Real Estate Riches, spoken all over the world on the, the, the largest of stages, um, and is extraordinary. I would say that you and Dolph would be the first two people that would pop out of 3,000 people that have been on the real railroad thus far, more than 3,000, as the top two, and I'm not gonna you know, denigrate others, but there have been names that everybody would know if I said them that have been on. And yeah, you and Dolph were the the apex rock stars, the Nadia Comaneches of uh, the history of the real rock.
1: Thank start. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and even you know, saying Nadia, Nadia Komenich totally dates us. You know that, right?
0: <laughs> and but... I, and I do know exactly what it is. Jim, <laughs> perfect 10s. I think 1976 Olympics. Oh my goodness! I think that's the accurate number. Uh, I wish it was 1986, but I think it was 76. So uh, uh,
1: I know yeah. I was a little kid. So I, I I will say that I wasn't an adult. At
0: that I was six point. at the time. I was definitely a
1: little now. kid. I, I think it was about the same. Amazing. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, but let's talk about hello to yes. How do you do it?
0: Yeah, so um, there is a science to it. And the most frequent reaction I get from people um, is it looks like magic. And so on the real world, we call it the magic trick. But the top 100 jury verdicts, the breaking sales records of Tony Robbins, the last four times I've spoken, I've raised $3.4 million for charity um, in under an hour in those last four times. And it is the same dynamic. It is the ability for us to understand that human beings say yes for scientific reasons. Now, the acquisition of the superpower and the reason we say integrity-based human influence because Adolf Hitler, Gandhi, Martin Luther King all possess the same superpower of influence and how they use it for good or not um, is a very, very different question. So the acquisition of influence, the acquisition of power, the acquisition of the ability to go from hello to yes is an unbelievably valuable valuable and vital tool, just like energy flowing through your home. No power in your home, no lights go on. No ability to go from hello to yes, then you don't market, you don't sell, you don't lead, you don't recruit, you don't manage, you don't love, you don't meet people, you don't scale, you don't do anything, right? No yes, no nothing. So that's what's at stake. The mechanism of how you do it, um, and I'll, I'll give a introductory, super brief treatment, is four steps um, in a conversation. And remember, everything as simple as possible, but not simpler. And those steps are surrounded by 12 indispensable elements. So you can have the steps and know where you are in the conversation, but without the indispensable elements, then it appears to be mechanical, scripted, manipulative, and the exact opposite of what Oprah Winfrey said was the reason she held the microphone for 30,000 people because she said, I see you, I hear you, and what Mm -hmm. you say matters to me. Mm -hmm. So when we think of communicating and influencing and selling, marketing, negotiating, we so often think of scripted techniques that could be limiting and and quite frankly, manipulative. So the, and, and by the way, there's four energies that also surround those 12 steps. And I'll, I'll mention those briefly. Uh, that I think would be a, a powerful takeaway. But the entire mechanism is about understanding that um, fundamentally, we believe, I believe, communication should be from the same side of the table until it's not. And when people decide to go to the other side of the table, there's mechanisms to bring them back to the same side of the table in everything. In running a club baseball team to winning with the Supreme Court. How do we bring people to the same side of the table as opposed to the opposite side? So, that is the fundamental where, and not our side, not my side, but the side of integrous value. Like, what's the greatest value we can integrously, truthfully co create together? Because, quite frankly, Rebecca, I'm a, I think, in many respects, I'm a horrible negotiator, meaning that I will. They're, so I, I have a, an attorney in my office. We have 125 people that work there. And um, her name is Halla. She's an unbelievable negotiator. And we have a, a small personal injury practice uh, unit. And she leads it. She's incredible. And that woman, if it's a $15,000 case, nobody is better on earth at getting $45,000. I could never do that. Because I don't believe in it the same way that she does. So the mechanism that I'm referring to is when you truly believe integrously in the value of what you're proposing and creating, which by the way is 98% of the time, that's what we're talking about, is how do we get to that yes? Because I'm not very good at getting to yes and things that I don't believe into the core of my soul and existence, right? And so that's where I choose to deploy my yeses in the world. So the first fundamental dynamic to realize, and I'll give three takeaways The first fundamental fundamental dynamic is that if you don't have emotional rapport that is deep and complete, then your information is getting filtered and diluted. Our lack of awareness to this dynamic uh, is actually quite, to use a fun thought, quite narcissistic. Our thinking that what we're attempting to communicate from our own brain is reaching the brain, the nervous system, the heart, the soul, the energy of another human being is an amazingly self-focused concept. So all of our communication is about the other person. And it's, it's about first opening through emotional rapport building and maintaining the unfiltered truth being received. And second huge takeaway is when we need to know the frames that people are putting us in. And people are going to put you in a false frame until you're in the true frame because we live in a survival mechanism in world. So as soon as Rebecca goes, hey, I have a podcast, that creates a limiting false frame because we love simplicity and we like to ignore Einstein and make things simpler than they are. Rebecca just doesn't have a podcast. She's a world-class human being at touching the hearts, the minds, the souls of people. In the space of negotiating, going from hello to yes, integrity, self-protection, the avoidance, the overcoming, the dance with narcissists to get to the, the right and integrous outcomes. This is a thought leader and a person of unbelievable influence in the world. And to say she's a podcaster would literally be a disgustingly limiting false frame. So our perception of frames that we're in and not accepting them, no ego, just in pursuit of truth is vital. And the third component takeaway, and we could do this for like 100 hours. The third component takeaway is your ability to listen to people. You know, like, isn't that what you just said? No, it's not. That was a portion of what I just said. But to listen to people. And to hear what they are saying, what they're not saying, where their pauses go, where their emphasis goes, will literally give you the ability, the power, to seem like you read people's minds. And that is a lifelong study. And it is, again, why Oprah said she held the microphone for 30,000 people and is a multibillionaire, it was because of the depth of her listening, inferentially Sequentially, emotionally, that dynamic will give you the power to go from hello to yes and mechanisms in ways beyond comprehension. Bonus fact your fear of rejection, your fear of failure will be the greatest limiting factor of your ability to go from hello to yes because you fear things that don't exist, like rejection and failure. So, Rebecca, I pause.
1: No, hmm. oh, I, I love that, and actually, I mean, I love your references to Oprah because uh, I wrote my book "Negotiate Like You Matter," and I actually wrote that book after my standing on the mountain in Haleakala, and Robert Shapiro wrote the foreword, and all these magical things started happening to me when I made that decision. By the way, to like mm-hmm. be in creation mode, and I, the name of that book came from Oprah's quote that. After 25 years or however long it was that she had her show, she said the one thing that all human beings have in common is that we all want to feel seen, heard, and know that we matter. And so the, the matter is actually the acronym that I came up with for how to negotiate because if you don't get the other side to feel like they matter or feel like they're getting value out of the negotiation... You'll never be able to have a resolution or if you get a resolution, it won't stick um, because people need to feel like they got something out of it.
0: Wow. Rebecca, that, are you kidding? Like, are you kidding that Oprah and that quote is the inspiration? I have listened to that clip 500 times in my life. I played it probably 200 times. On oh, yeah. Speaking. It, is- it's unbelievable like intersection of coincidence
1: yeah yeah it's actually i that quote is the opening part of my book because i give her credit for the name of that book
0: unbelievable yeah that's fun
1: that is so cool right? I mean, you and I, uh, every time we we end up talking, we could talk for hours. I I just feel like we could. So, um, But I know we have to wrap up here. So I want to give you the opportunity to um, talk about what you're up to, where people can find you and all the things that you're doing.
0: Yes. Well, well, thank you for that. So I'd I'd love to invite um, anybody to check out our work and to come on A Real Raw. Um, But only, you know, truthfully, the the real role is in service of people who are looking to grow their economics or their business. Um, That's really who that's for, professionals, um, business owners, or somebody who is working inside of a company that wants to advance their world, their life in in some other way uh, would be the right people for the real raw. And you would find us at unblindedmastery.com. And we have loads of ways to have fun and work together but the, the intro point truly is being on The Real Raw. Um, so thank you for that, Rebecca.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Go check out his stuff. Go follow him and um, see if The Real Raw is the fit for you. Uh, thank you so much, Sean Callagy. This was absolutely a pleasure. I always love talking with you and I really appreciate your time. Well, the feeling is
0: very mutual, Rebecca, and thank everybody uh, out there for your time. It's an honor. And I do believe that we are all blind and just learning to see. So thank you.
1: I love that. All right. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.